All right, I'm Mikey Him, and today I am here with Comrade BB Hidey. How are you? How are you? Doing well, doing well. So, uh, yeah, this is just a quick interview. I just want to, uh, not even interview, just a quick conversation to familiarize our, our listeners with this situation that's been going on. It's an ongoing displacement situation in Philadelphia. And so I have you here, Comrade BB, to just explain that for us and tell our listeners if there's any way that they can help out. So let me hand it over to you and you can just introduce yourself and then you can start to describe the situation if you'd like. All right. Hello, my name is Bryce. I go by Comrade BB online. Um, I am a local activist and Marxist. So I, I just want to preface before I, you know, give any information that this interview is kind of like the intermediary stages of us building up just the general activistic approach that we've taken so far when fighting for the UC townhomes. I really think it's important for the residents um, to speak for themselves when we're questioning their experiences or the history specifically around the townhomes. But I would like to share a little bit of the history of the historical um, region of Philadelphia known as the Black Bottom, um, which is a part of West Philadelphia where, you know, institutions such as the University of Penn, Drexel, uh, the Philadelphia Police, and numerous upon numerous real estate companies, slumlords, uh, property flippers have utilized to essentially push out the black community by the tune of thousands. I mean, I mean, if we look at from maybe like the 1940s to maybe now, there's been significant numbers of uh, reductions in the general working class black population, which is why it is super important for us as leftists to kind of think about these issues of gentrification and displacement um, from a position where we're considering the oppression and dispossession of working class members. So it's probably been, you know, over 12,000 uh, people that have been uh, moved out of these areas and, and replaced. And what we know about um, these, these neoliberal colleges, particularly these private institutions that are Ivy League, um, one thing we can note about the University of Penn is that um, it is the fastest growing Ivy League uh, college in the nation. Um, it has the largest federal endowment by the tune of $20 billion is what the U.S. government has given to the University of Penn. Um, the University of Penn, um, throughout its career, although it has a very racist history of, you know, planning the restructuring of the Black Bottom so that it can claim the territory as its own, um, it claimed to, um, you know, increase record numbers of student acquisition from the very communities it occupies. But it hasn't done that. In fact, what you may find deeply alarming is that during the move bombing, there were uh, the remains of two children. Uh, and unironically, or ironically, depending how you want to look at it, the only true native black bodies that the University of Penn kept in its domain and in its possession for long periods of time to the point that we had to protest them were the corpses of two children who were bombed by the Philadelphia police and the move bombing in West Philadelphia, um, which, is, which is highly grotesque. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the university townhomes kind of very much represents um, one of the last bastions of low-income housing 
um, in the Black Bottom area, at least above Lancaster, which University of Penn is is strongly pushing for. And in fact, they'll they'll do Drexel and Penn. They'll do things like they'll do down payments um, for housing or homes or property for their faculty staff, um, and apparently even some of their nursing students. I was told um, the other day, um, which is an, it, it is is literally them actively playing a role in funding displacement like they're going to pay your down payment for a property there they're trying to get their people in and the native population out the native black population obviously you know after um the settler colonialism uh the first wave of indigenous peoples out of uh Lenape, which is which is philadelphia so the core of this fight is not merely about UC townhomes. I mean, obviously, the the community, the, the residents of UC townhomes are extremely important. They've been there for four decades. Um, they will not have a place to stay. They are being given um, vouchers that, one, are not accepted by most low-income uh, facilities throughout the city. Um, and, I, you know, other specifics I will let let you ask them directly once we schedule interviews um or i encourage listeners to actually reach out um to the folks at uc townhomes you can reach them on twitter um instagram there's also a a website uh called save uc townhomes if you search that you'll find it um but it's it's important because what's happening to them is not isolated um it's not merely isolate it in the city because gentrification is happening all, all over the city. If we look at Temple University, Temple University is displacing people um, all across North Philadelphia. If we look at what Drexel is doing, Drexel is taking part in the gentrification um, around West Philadelphia. If we look at um, Spring Garden, if anybody is familiar with uh, Philadelphia, Spring Garden used to be a poor area. Um, you know, uh, certain parts of Lower Kensington, which they now have rebranded Northern Liberties in Philadelphia, is, is being gentrified. Um, and the people who work in the lowest strata of the working class, the people who are paid the least amount, meaning that the capitalist class, um, the corporations that are profiting off of them, are, are, are quite literally paying them the lowest wages so they, they can expropriate um, the largest amounts of profit from their labor. It is these people who are being gentrified, pushed out, who will not have stable housing. Um, particularly when we talk about universities like University of Penn and Drexel, which primarily focus within the Northeast on healthcare, uh, nursing programs. They are quite literally pushing out and causing compound factors um, for these community members where, you know, without housing, that, that, is, that is a health issue. Um, if you are houseless on the street, you're, you, it exasperates not only crime, um, you know, the spread of disease, uh, the likelihood of you starving, not having adequate nutrition. Um, it increases your odds of being um, incarcerated because it's technically illegal all throughout the nation to be a vagrant. There's vagrancy laws, so you can't you can't be houseless and sleep on the street 
or on a bench or in a park. Yeah. Um, you can't put up a tent where you go to prison. So that then funnels you into the carceral program, with the, which then will lead to your labor being expropriated through prison labor, and you're charged for being in prison. Um, and then you have like like a a permanent stain on your um, record. Um, but just the fact that you know more people in the street results in poorer health that then stresses out the exact students that are coming in and graduating from these institutions when they go into healthcare. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you do a great job of detailing exactly what all the knock-on effects and vicious cycle of gentrification is because I think our listeners especially will understand that gentrification is bad. I don't think we have to tell them too much about it, but it still is good to hear you detail exactly why because, yeah, it really is terrible for a community. And I think that, yeah, in case you haven't made it quite clear, just to clarify, like, this is a particularly egregious and easy to point at example of gentrification done by like one entity. You know, usually when you talk about gentrification, it's housing prices going up in a poor community for a multitude of factors. And it's done in such an individualistic way that's like a couple houses at a time here and there that you can't really point at it because it's such a just nebulous kind of thing. But this is like one singular organization purposely pushing these people out by raising the prices and everything. And it's like, it's so egregious and it's so evil. I don't want to say that it makes the activism easier. It just makes it easier to point out as a very specific and, you know, easy to identify example. And again, just to clarify what you were saying earlier, this interview is not so that you can describe, it's just so that you can familiarize everyone with the situation, not so that you can speak for these citizens themselves. This is kind of, like you said, an intermediary, and we are going to have some of the actual people affected on the show as soon as we can, as soon as they're available, but they obviously are going through a very tough time right now. So that may take a little bit, but yeah, if you want to just continue describing anything else you want to tell us about it. Yeah, they are going through an incredibly tough time, and that's why highlighting, you know, kind of the health pressures is important. Because not only is being thrown from your home and not having the ability to find another property difficult, um, it is the mental health toll that is being told. Like, um, you know, one of our residents, you know, Miss Darlene, like, she she is extremely stressed out. You know, she's an older woman. She's like the mama of the revolution. Um, we don't want her her blood pressure going up. You know, another one of the residents, Mel, like he also he's he, oh, my God, I can't wait until you speak to him. Um, he's a very powerful individual, strong voice. But, you know, he has health concerns, too. Um, and they have been running themselves ragged like Rashida is, is you know, going to college. She's a single mother. Um, she's working a full-time job at the same time, and she's fighting for the community against these major institutions. Um, meanwhile, the police are bearing down on them when, we, when we're having protests. They're getting judged left and right by all these communities. It's it's stressful. So this 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 materially affects their physical health. Um, you know, so these are the things like that break the working class down to to a point where. Um, we can't even fully resist. How how can you resist when you're worrying about the roof over your head? How can you improve the the economic quality? Because that's that these are the two things that are important that I think um, I as an activist would like to engage with on the podcast about. We have too many people who think that economic actions are the core of paraxis and leftist action in the United States. But what we need from laborers, people who work at businesses, like, for example, the nurses that work at places like Penn, 
the doctors that work at places like Penn, um, the faculty security guards, um, you know, the 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 people who who keep that institution running for the person that's profiting from it. We need them to do more than economic actions when they feel like they're not being paid enough. We need to, them to take political actions. We need people to unionize so they can halt um, the actual industry that they are working for and say, yeah, nah, when people are houseless, they're going to come to our hospital and it's going to stress us out because we have no way of meaningfully, um, you know, uh, addressing the destabilization factor that makes them ill. And then what's going to happen is they don't have health care. So within, within a, a capitalistic uh, mode of production, within you know, uh, 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 health care that primarily focuses on profit instead of actually making people healthy or healing people, what then happens is, is poor people that can't afford health assistance go into hospitals and they are discriminated against because they cannot improve the bottom line of those hospitals. Yeah. So then the people who are most like demoralized and oppressed within what like the society of the United States, implicit biases develop. You get discrimination tactics that are not only historic because of racism in the United States, but because the people who are being exploited for their labor, working four days on and four days off, they don't want to deal with people who are unclean in their eyes, people who smell, people who are dealing with debilitating mental illness because they have broken from the trauma of being thrown in the streets, um, not allowed to, to survive, not allowed food, even though there are businesses all across areas of the city that lock up food uh, that they're, they're dumping away to create artificial scarcity that people could eat, or because they don't have basic health care. And, you know, we, we, we started coining a term um, with the UC townhomes. We call it the people's townhomes now. And the reason why we've been doing that is because, you know, the focal point is obviously what's happening to the residents. But as the residents have, has, have realized through their radicalization is that, yo, this has happened to people historically in the Black Bottom. This fight that they're having was their fight. This has happened historically all across Philadelphia, in places like Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This is happening in Detroit. This is happening in, in Los Angeles. There's literally an organization called Moms from Housing, and they come from one of the, the most radical parts of, of California. It is, um, oh my God, how am I forgetting the name? Give me a second. Um, it's near the bay. Uh, I don't know anything about California, unfortunately. God damn. You know what? Fuck it. I mean, it doesn't matter if you can't remember the name of it, but they yeah. can, you can still make your point. Yeah. But, um, you know, this isn't, this isn't an issue that is solely happening within one part of the United States. Yeah. This happening is coming all to across the United States. If it's yes. not there already, it will come to your town. Like the displacement and the just precarious nature of, American life now, like you'd have to be living in a cave if you don't understand the housing bubble that's going on right now and the rising rents and the rising cost of living everywhere. 
and there's no end to it. They're, they're, we're not really seeing any kind of future stabilization on the horizon. It's like so these are the most desperate examples and the most egregious. But yeah, this is this is what's the new pattern of America. I think one of the things that is most terrifying about you know the way that um, lack of housing is utilized is if we take the New York City metro area alone, there is more vacant living space in the New York City metro area alone than there are houseless people on the North American continent, right? So it's not that we don't have properties to house people. And even if somebody is talking from an, like an economic level, like if we have a libertarian in here or some conservative or some neoliberal or, or even like a straight up fascist, yeah. they could probably calculate like, okay, so if houselessness exasperates crime, um, it exasperates the healthcare um, system. It also results in, you know, um, health issues because there's garbage and, you know, there's people with viruses and diseases that are being passed on. If we did just give, like, like even if at bare minimum, like, if we did just give these people faculty living spaces, like small domiciles, they they could argue that just having people off the street alone would increase the property values in a in a region. Even if you were the most egregious, yeah, of just humans. the most ruthless capitalist yeah. uh, point of view, like it doesn't make sense, even for profit standpoints, even for just having a stable society where you want to have businesses be successful. It doesn't make sense to do this to people and create this desperate class of people that is going to affect even the people who have enough money to usually not be affected by the problems themselves. Exactly. Unless, unless you are, you are trying to, um, you know, do like what we would consider a psyop or physical propaganda, which is then to, to literally show people like, yo, if you don't fucking work for these trash wages, this garbage 16 an hour, this garbage 18 an hour, this garbage $20 an hour, we're not even talking about the minimum wage. These wages are pathetic. These wages are horrible. If you are not doing that, this is where you're going to wind up. It's fear-mongering. Um, it is forcing people into a position where they accept um, you know, extreme levels of, of labor exploitation. And you know, it is, it's time. Like, I feel like you know, in connecting with the left... Um, in in the United States, because I, 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 I'm an internationalist, you know, so I, I talk to leftists all around, and some of the greatest leftist homies I, I actually have conversations with either live in the Middle East, they're like from Lebanon or some shit, you know, or they, they, they've gotten out of Syria, um, or they're from Pakistan, um, India, um, or they are from West Africa. And the people in West Africa, they, they understand labor. They understand labor exploitation. The, the political education outside of the Imperial Corps and the West is insane. Talk to anybody from Central and South America. Like, we, it is important that we, and I'm not going to talk trash on us because I love us. I love our community. Our community does a lot. Our community, it, it, you know, is hilarious. It drops the memes. You know, we're, we're tight and we support each other. That's about but, the most we do. <laughs> yeah. But what we do do incorrectly is that we do not rally labor in a revolutionary sense. Yeah. And even if you are to, to go on like, um, 
you know, go online and, and look up the, 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 the FCL, ALU, or like, uh, you know, the different labor unions um, that exist in the United States, they are wildly neoliberal. What they're fighting for is fucking pathetic. It's so dated. Like, bro, like, what is this? We're not so- sock dems. We're not social democrats. No, this is not enough. Um, you know, we need to start really fighting. We need to start saying, yo, it's time for general strikes. If you work at one of these institutions, like one of these retail places, like like you working at Whole Foods and shit where it smells like literally Jeff Bezos' asshole in, in the building. <laughs> And you are literally, you're the person assigned with taking food that is fully edible and throwing it in the garbage. What the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you doing that? And be like, oh, bro, I'll lose my job. Fucking lie. Like, like, get a clear trash bag, put the food in that junk, put it in a false dumpster, organize with your homies. When y'all get home, make a group text, make a signal, talk to each other and be like, yo. Throwing food away in 2022 is wild. Yeah. Are we fucking serious? Yeah, we, we ain't doing that. This is what we actually want to do. Like, fuck your manager. Your manager is your enemy. The manager doesn't do a job. Your manager does not work. Your manager exists as a fluff-ass job. And this is another thing we need to have a conversation about. Who is the working class in the United States? Because there are so many people who have this petty bourgeois relation to the system. Their entire job is administration. It is to literally be the, 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 the masters with the whip. You are the whip of the slave master. It is literally to control the people who are doing the act of labor, the people who actually have a connection to the productive forces, the people who are actually working in the means of exchange, in the means of commerce. You know, it, there is no reason why we live in an era that if people at walmart are not making enough money to survive they should not be able to talk to each other and say one we're going to unionize and two you know collectively talk amongst themselves to say we're not working today if we don't feel like it we're going to march out i don't give a fuck if they call security i don't care about my manager and we as leftists why are we not encouraging this in mass, why are we not going in places and saying, hey, yo, are you you and us? Hey, yo, have you thought about making this group chat? Hey, yo, have you thought about expropriating the means of your labor? You know, taking that food that they're telling you to throw away and secretly sashing it so we can feed people. Hey, yo, you think about, you know, starting another squatting movement, pointing out properties that have been vacant for over uh, 12 to 24 months, moving people up in them Jones you know, working together to fix them up so that people can live in there. Hey, you thought about not voting for none of these motherfuckers that don't do shit? (laughs) Like, showing up at their crib and camping out on on their fucking lawns, you know, yelling at them until they actually do what they need to do? You ever think about, you know, having sit-ins at institutions that are profiting from dispossession of people or, like, the oppression of other people and gentrification? Um, you ever think about reclaiming the means of production since you are the only ones that use it? You know? Yeah, I mean, it's not like there's any shortage of direct action ideas and tactics. It's just a matter of whether or not people have the political will to do them. They don't. 
you know, capitalism ensures really well that people don't have the time or the inclination or even the awareness of these tactics. And that's why I love hearing you like just in the last 30 seconds, you must have listed off a dozen different tactics that people probably either just didn't think of. And it seems so obvious. It's like you just attack the material conditions where they are. You see where the profits lie and you go after that. And you give people what they need in the same stroke and you can really make a huge difference that way. Yeah, it's interesting that like you even say that because when I think about material strategy, right? Like people are like, all right, so what what the what are the ventricles of the United States that allow it to function? And some of the things that people just don't realize just exist in their city. Like if you if you are in a city that has a river that is connected to the ocean somehow, where all the material that that goes into every store comes in, it comes in through the docks. The docks, if you block the docks or protest at the docks or you work at the docks and you refuse to give these businesses the literal materials that they're going to sell until they do something like pay their employees a living wage or like actually pay their fucking taxes or um, allow their employees to unionize, or if you unionize the docks itself, or if you start saying, like, yeah, we're not going to give you your food if you continue to throw it away, guess what? You have all the leverage. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, so there's a train where they get their material resources that also brings in. All right, if you are most of the people that work these jobs, I'm going to let you know, are black. Um, <laughs> and poor. Um, if you are a rail conductor or you work on the train tracks and ensure that you're switching the lanes, guess what? You can jam up the lanes. Refuse to allow the shipments to continue. You you can block supply chains. If you work at like the FedEx or you're you're working in the material uh, means of exchange, air, land, and sea. If you control those, guess what? You can shut down the literal uh, ventricles of society. Like, if, if we had workers that did that for, for the UC townhomes fight for, like, two weeks, the city would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm sorry. Um, we're going to have to stop this sale. We're going to have to buy these properties. We can't, we can't have these businesses collapsing because they're not getting food and, and supplies. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, if we had workers do that, yeah. Um, if we had SEPTA workers, for example, you know, Philadelphia, unlike most cities, I mean, New York has pretty good public transportation, but Philly has amazing public transportation. And I thought their public transportation was shit until I went to Atlanta and L.A., um, and then I was like, wait, Los Angeles, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what is this? Uh, is, which is horrible. If you got those workers, for example, to just strike, refuse to transport people, boom. You, yeah, you're, it works you're, really well in the UK. They did exactly that, right? Exactly. Um, or, or sanitation workers. People don't think about how people like Dr. King got to march on Washington. Black sanitation workers ain't pick up trash in white neighborhoods for like three weeks. Them white people were so mad. <laughs> they shot us with hoses. <sighs> Sent out dog. I mean, not us. I wasn't born then. But, right, right. you know, my, my grandparents, um, you know, their era. Like, it, it, we need to have backbone, you know. And I'm, I don't want to call the working class of the United States cowards because we've been through a lot. But we are so privileged and indulgent and we believe in the American dream that if we can play the game and work hard enough, eventually we can be the people on top. But you don't want to be that. 
I promise you, you don't want to be that type of sociopath. You don't want to hurt people like that. So we have to learn how to fucking fight. And the way that we fight and get the things that we want is through the, the most powerful democratic process ever. You throw the fucking tea into the fucking bay. That is what you do. Yep. You, you throw the tea into the bay. You throw away the product that they're going to profit off of. You take away their ability to exploit you for profit. That is how you, you vote. You don't vote by going to the fucking polls and voting in Hillary Clinton, who's going to fucking overthrow a, a Middle Eastern government so that we can have cheaper oil prices. You do not vote by, by voting in Nancy Pelosi so that she can do shit like have her husband buy a bunch of stock and her uh, artificially drop and inflate the prices by trying to start wars and shit like that. We, you do not win by voting in Joe Biden, who takes the policies of Donald fucking Trump and just increases them by multiple folds, uh, like literally um, in his administration, allowing us to indefinitely hold migrants, meaning that now we don't just have a carceral class of people who are who are incarcerated in prisons. Now we can indefinitely hold fucking quote unquote illegal immigrants and force them to do labor. That's human trafficking. That's fucking nuts. There's more kids in cages now than when Donnie was in office. Yeah, that's what's so infuriating about it. They want to be so enraged about the imaginary QAnon style human trafficking and the literal state enforced and state mandated and funded human trafficking that's going on right in front of everyone's eyes that they are benefiting from the free labor of. They just totally ignore that because that is American privilege to find. Like, yes, because they're quote unquote legal. Even though we are we are a colonial society, where people from Europe came and invaded, killed like tens of millions of indigenous people, enslaved chocolate people to then farm white fluffy plants that they use to make clothes out. I I, I just. I mean, it's, we are in one of the worst timelines ever, and, and the climate is falling apart, you know? So not only is, is displacement and gentrification a crime against just general humanity, the general humanity of society, not only is it a serious health issue, it exasperates all of those things under a society where the West has produced most of the climate damage, and before somebody says, oh, but... You know, now in this recent era, most of the carbon emissions are coming from the developing world. Well, who the fuck owns industry in the developing world? Mm -hmm. Who the fuck owns most of the mining companies in French West Africa? And no, it's not France. Good guess, though, because France is terrible. It's fucking Canada. You know, who, who owns the most after that? It is Portugal. After that, then it's France. Then it's the United Kingdom. Then it's fucking Belgium, Germany, the United States. Like, so, so even if we're talking about climate change, literally the people who are driving climate change are displaced, are, are literally Westerners displacing people in their own indigenous lands. And then that climate change doesn't just affect people who live in the West, you know, people who are gentrified in the West, where Jackson, Mississippi now doesn't have fucking water indefinitely like flint michigan where there has been historic flooding in places like texas and mississippi where mostly black areas are underwater now but places like fucking pakistan 
was literally the result of the United Kingdom's wide-scale gentrification of India, quite literally splitting it up, leading to multiple genocides, is now one-third of, of the entire territory is underwater. There are 50 million people displaced from, its homes, from their homes. To what? And I, and I saw just like yesterday, I think it was an article outlining Pakistan's contribution to global warming as far as like measuring the industry, which is fairly easy to do. And then their effect as far as climate change goes. And it's obviously incredibly imbalanced. It's like they don't have anywhere near the industry that some other places have, but now they are paying the price for other countries' industry because they are the ones that are in the geographic spot that is the target of this particular flood. And it's like, that's how this is always going to go. Like the global South has been paying the price for the global North's industry. And now they're going to pay the price for the global North's carbon consumption and pollution. And it's the colonialism never ended is the point there. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really wild. So I, I kind of went on a rant there. I have to apologize. I have complex trauma. So like when I start ramping up. Like, <laughs> no, I was going to say like that was all based as fuck and you are welcome to come back on anytime you want to do that. Like I'm keeping it all in because that was great. But I was going to ask you to sort of just like move it into like, I, oh, I also kind of want to caveat like I don't know how many of the amazing direct action ideas you said are technically illegal in the U.S. because of how many laws have been written in the last century or so against strikes. Uh, mm. just to totally defang them and make them ineffective. So all of that conversation was purely academic. We're just talking about possibilities of things that in a hypothetical universe they could do that would be very effective strike tactics. Uh, we're not endorsing any of those things directly, but I do want you to, to sort of talk about what our listeners can do um, if they are near the Philly area and they can come out. I'm sure there's plenty of protests and mutual aid orgs that they can work with. And then if they are not local, tell them like what websites they can go to. And of course, all these links will be in the show notes and everything for people that would like to, to help you guys out. Okay, so if you are not in the Philadelphia area, and that's what I'm going to start first with, what is important for you to do? Um, and a lot of people are like, I don't live here. There's nothing I can do. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Um, what you need to do is that, again, the UC townhomes is no longer the UC townhomes. It is the people's townhomes, right? I mean, it is save UC townhomes on social media. But if you have a story of gentrification in your area, you got photos, you got receipts, you got your movement, post that shit on Twitter, post that shit on Instagram, and tag UC Townhomes. Tell your story with our move because this is not a movement just in Philly anymore. This is, this is a national movement. These fucking people, particularly these white people that don't give a fuck about what's going on because they're going to these neoliberal universities and they're chasing their own bag to become fucking lawyers or business people and do their fluff-ass job where they have no relation to the means of production. Show them what their actions do to the community members that actually do the labor for the society that exists. Show them. Go tell your story. Utilize social media in, in the most effective manner that you can and provide evidence that this system destroys people so that we can help educate our fellow community members. If you live in an area like Flint, Michigan, if you live in fucking Red Hill, red, like highlight how there's jet fuel in your water. I mean, there's a lot of jet, uh, Red Hill organizers. I fucking love them. Um, you know, Aloha Anya. You know, oh my God, that was terrible. Cut that out. It was a bunch of... <laughs> yeah, no problem. I'm just... Luckily, that is one of the, you know, U.S. military disasters that's being inflicted on people that is actually mm -hmm. getting some recognition. Exactly. Uh, there are a lot that aren't, but like, luckily that one is, and not that it's getting it fixed. Like, I think the most recent development that I heard is that 
the U.S. government is now trying to monetize, basically admitting that it is a faulty site and it has been polluting and poisoning people. And now they're in that admission, they're going to take decades, if not longer, to then shut down this site, which is also going to result in much more funding for them. So nothing is really going to change there as far as like the yeah. effects on the people. It's just another monetization of the rot. But sorry, continue. Actually, do not cut that out. Le leave that part when I say cut that out in because it's probably going to be hilarious. Okay, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, if you are facing a struggle, tag yourself. Talk about your struggle. Say the People's Townhomes is happening here. Tag at UC Townhomes on your social media. Tell people what the fuck is going on and rise up where you are because we need everybody talking about the issues of gentrification and displacement for the working class, wherever you are. And if you are in Philadelphia, bro, I don't give a fuck what your job is. I mean, I, listen, unless you are literally working in the ICU or you're a nurse or some shit, there is zero excuse for you to occupy this area, especially with the mass influx of people from outside of the city that are coming in. There's no reason that if you are white and you are an outsider and you are coming into the black community, you should not be at these protests, that you should not be telling everybody about this, that you should not be telling your entire jobs about this. If you live in Philly, learn to have backbone. Do not rely on leaders uh, and, and politicians to do the work for you. Join the fight. Go to your jobs. Tell your fellow workers what's going on, saying, hey. We should refuse to work with Penn, Drexel, and Altman Realty. Say, hey, we should have a public announcement as a business that we do not support this and that we will not continue to do business with people who displace black families. If your job does not actually do that, walk out. Get together with your folks. Walk out. Unionize your fucking job. Philly is a, is a union town. Unionize your job immediately. Make sure that one of the items on the agenda is to resist gentrification and that the residents of UC townhomes need to have guaranteed living space if you are going to continue to work for your business as well as work uh, with the businesses around you. Follow Save UC Townhomes on Instagram and on Twitter. Share at UC Townhomes with your connections and fellow laborers. That is what you can do. Actually show up. And um, specifically, this is an important date to note, so I really want you all to hear this. September 7th. September 7th. City Hall at 5 p.m. We are having a massive protest. And if you can, I don't give a fuck if you're in the city or not. Tell everybody. Tell the news where you live. I don't give a fuck if you live in Sacramento, California or in the Bay. Tell all the motherfuckers. I don't give a fuck if you live in New Mexico and you, you, you use a satellite dish to actually communicate with people. Like, I don't care. I mean, I ain't going to judge you. I mean, <laughs> I don't have dish, but I know y'all probably need that shit because y'all got wires. Tell everybody. Listen, I don't give a fuck if you live in fucking... Indianapolis. I don't care if you live in Arizona or Kentucky. I don't give a fuck if you live in Alabama. I mean, please stop sleeping with your your cousins. <laughs> um, but Nelson's gonna be so mad. <laughs> look, even if you you marry your cousin, listen, both of y'all at y'all wedding 
Shout out UC Townhomes. Tell them to follow the fight. Join the People's Townhomes. I mean, we're going to judge y'all a little bit because that's nasty. That's nasty <laughs> as shit. But listen, we support you too. We don't want y'all outside of your house, you know, sleeping with your cousin out in public. That's nasty. So we need to make sure that y'all have cribs. So, you know, this is a fight that is extremely important. And we have to be all in it. And if we are actually going to survive, and in the next coming several decades, if we are actually going to have a fighting future, we have to realize that this fight is not just local in our cities. It is just not just local in our states or even in this fucking nation. The entire reason that the United States even survives is because it exports terror and violence across nations and in the areas that are most resource rich so it can survive. So if you're black, or you're a brown person. If you are from Central and South America, your people are suffering so this country can sustain itself. Black folk, our people on the continent of Africa are suffering so this system can sustain itself just so that here they can discriminate on us and, and push us from our homes and do shit like make us drink muddy water so that they can occupy areas of indigenous lands like the territory of Alaska, all of Turtle Island, and the territory where people in Hawaii and Tainos and Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands live. People in Panama are used as a gigantic fucking military base. So, you know, it's time for us to realize that we live in a society that if we truly want to represent we the people, we got to be social. Stop being like you weird anti-social bastards being like, hey, yo, everybody else is an NPC. Like, yo, shut the fuck up. You ain't a main character. Oh, Bro, this comes from an actual fucking main character. You ain't shit. I will whoop your ass in both video games and real life. And you need to care about people because a real main character is like fucking Commander Shepard. They're a paragon. They love people. They fight for the community. They sacrifice themselves for the community. So how about you actually learn to love the people around you? You get a hug. Stop being an incel. Because once you actually start showing that you care about people, maybe you will get some cheeks to clap or get your own cheeks clapped. So, <laughs> so, so, so get out there. Love your neighbors. And start fighting for yourself and others, because honestly, if we do not do this soon, and if we do not do it through the means of withholding our labor, cutting their bottom line, unionizing ourselves, and realizing that we are the ones that need to control the reins of power, and that housing, healthcare, and education, and nutrition are human rights, then we're fucked. And, and that's when I'm, where I'm going to drop my mic no i mean that's perfect thank you so much yeah i mean like i said all the other relevant links will be in the show notes if people actually want to show up uh you gave them the time and the place to do it and all the other links for donating and assisting in any way that they materially can for people who are not local will be in the show notes so please check those out and yeah yeah unless you have anything else bb thank you so much i really appreciate oh, it. oh yeah last thing um this is a shout out to all of the other leftist creators i want to thank you specifically Turn Leftist Podcast um, is extremely important. Um, it uh, gives people political education and local news that the, the propagandic arm of the state, as I call the media apparatus of the West, does not. Um, so media like this is important. So if you are a listener or you also do uh, 
uh, media like this, podcasts like this, please reach out to Save UC Townhomes. Um, please reach out to people who are being oppressed in your communities and share their stories more. Um, and also, please reach out to Turn Leftist Podcast. Y'all need to do more collaborations because um, if we are going to fight the propaganda media apparatus of the West, um, we're going to have to build a much stronger network. Um, I go by Sanctum Hayes Art on Instagram if you want to follow me because I'm poor. Uh, please buy my prints so that I can fucking eat and continue to be an activist. Um, they just dox me on Canary Mission, so I mean, I really, <laughs> yes, really, right. really going to need help. Uh, <laughs> and uh, definitely, please follow Save UC Townhomes and join our fight. Uh, I love you guys. Uh, bye bye. Thanks so much. Yeah, I mean, I just want to wrap that up by saying, if anybody else wants to reach out to us for similar reasons, like. I think that is kind of a good point. Like we are a small enough platform that we can kind of sneak under the radar and we can say whatever the hell we like, even if it doesn't go along with like the mainstream media point of view. I I'm almost worried that if we got bigger, we wouldn't be able to do that. But for now, yeah, we're very happy to platform anybody that we can. So if you want to reach out to us, it's turnleftistpodcast at gmail.com. If you have any other direct actions or protests that are going on that you would like to platform as well, we're happy to do that. And again, Comrade BB, I'll put all your relevant social media links in our show notes as well if people want to reach out to you. So yeah, thanks again. Thank I you. really appreciate it. This has been great.